Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Austin Price will join us coming up. OutKick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine right here in downtown Nashville, Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network, which includes great radio partners like Sports Radio 104.7 in the Upper Cumberland, Fox Sports Shoals in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Huntsville and Florence, Alabama, and Somo Sports Radio. And uh, in, in Missouri, we say hello there. And uh, soon, a week from this coming Monday, we welcome in 94.9 The Fan here in Nashville on board the Outkick Network. The positive feedback continues to storm in, shall I say. And we appreciate all of that. We look forward to being with you in that venue very soon. Absolutely. It's been it's been cool to see, you know, when we left uh, Nashville radio, so many people took it as, oh, they're abandoning radio. You know, they've, they've moved on to digital. I, we've been very consistent that we want it all. We want digital, we want radio, we want television eventually. We are coming for every medium, and we want every possible medium. And OutKick has amplified our voice digitally way better than any local radio station in America could ever do. So we're doing that now, but we've always wanted to get back into Nashville radio. That's a a misconception. Oh, they're crawling back to Nashville radio. No, Nashville is one of seven radio affiliates that we've already got. And we're going to add many more. So it's just part of the puzzle that we're putting together. But make no mistake, it's a big piece of the puzzle. And we are thrilled to be back in Nashville where we host a show uh, for a decade uh, on radio. So it's it's big for us. The response has been big from people in Middle Tennessee. We appreciate all of it. And we will be banging hats again on the airwaves in Nashville June 13th. And we have other announcements with some partners on board later this month. We say hello to Austin Price of VolQuest.com, who joins us uh, at a golf course near you. Austin says he's got 15 minutes, guys. The clock I'm starting my clock right now. This was two minutes ago, so he now okay. has 13 minutes, he says. I'll make sure to time it, Austin. Yeah. Uh, we got we got time. I'll tell you when I got to go. Okay. Oh, it's not, it's not a tee time? No, no. We're the DUT baseball, man, without Evan Russell. There you go. Yeah. Well, so what, what happened there? Why is he out? I, we're still trying to figure that out. And to, to the best of my knowledge, nobody knows except for one Tony Vitello. We'll find out post-game, I'm sure. It's uh, not – It's not. Uh, doesn't lead me to believe it's medical-related when you make the uh, announcement that he's not available for the game, and I'll address right. the media post-game as to why he's not available. Um, so, yeah, not, not great news, but uh, – Tennessee's an eight-and-a-half run favorite against Alabama State. You don't see a line like that often in baseball. That's the good news for Tennessee, Austin. Yeah, and if he's just out for tonight, Chad, then it won't have that huge of an impact, I don't believe. I mean, 
Charlie Taylor's more than capable of, of getting the job done uh, in the short term. But, you know, long-term, man, they need Evan Russell's bat. I mean, he's batting over 300. He's obviously got double-digit home runs and has been spectacular, uh, you know, hitting the baseball all year. You expect that of him. He's gotten better behind the plate. Defensively, he's been pretty good, and his transition into throwing guys out had his best uh, best little run down in Hoover at the SEC Baseball Tournament. Austin Price with us, VolQuest.com, the website. Austin, do you get the sense that those – uh, decision makers at Tennessee are on board with the nine game conference schedule that was discussed this week in Destin? You know, I, I think that they're okay with it. You know, I, I think that they still want to talk about it more. I don't think that they're like locked in one way or the other. I think that, you know, both the eight and nine have merits. And so, you know, Tennessee doesn't have that locked in like out of conference game. Like let's say, he does with Louisville or Florida does with Florida State or South Carolina does with Clemson. Um, so it, it's a little it's a little easier for them to be okay with one versus the other. Um, but I think they still want to have further talks about it. So Austin, big uh, venue announcements this week. I, I want to start with baseball, where uh, they've uh, announced plans for really completely revitalized uh, stadium for baseball. We knew this was in the works. Did anything surprise you about what you saw in the artist's renderings of what Danny White's going to do with the baseball facility? I mean, it surprised, it surprised me that, you know, you're going to have multiple, like the porches right now are the greatest thing going to me at Tennessee athletics. I mean, you know, what would you, when you factor in, you know, how much a porch costs, the amount of tickets you get, how many games you get, it's the best value in Tennessee athletics. And it's just such a neat, neat atmosphere out there. But, I mean, all of a sudden, you're going to have all these suites and everything at the baseball stadium. It's going to be uh, – you're going to have a lot of different uh, avenues to enjoy a baseball game, um, you know. And, and so, I, I think that this is a baseball stadium that I think will be very fan-friendly. And, uh, you know, I, I knew they were going to go big. Um, you know, I, I don't – is it as big as maybe I thought? Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, I, I like the way it looks. I like how they're going to – rework the out the, the road behind the outfield fence to allow for the big uh the big building back there for uh you know use and so i i, I think that it potentially has a, a lot of uh, value to it on campus let's flip over to the football building a, a slightly bigger venue um we were debating when the uh vols signs came down I don't remember them at all. So, and we were thinking it might have been late 90s, early, early 2000s. I think it's a very cool look to put back up. And, we're, and obviously, they can do a lot with the lights that are now installed. It'll be a cool feature and a throwback. You remember when they disappeared? It was, uh, I think it was the early 2000s. I mean, they used to be on top of the Jumbotron. Hmm. Um. I want to say it's, I want to say early 2000s. Uh, but yeah, I I think, you know, it's a nice touch of nostalgia. You now get two sets instead of one. You, you have them going back to kind of the throwback to when they were like in the 80s, as far as the look of them. Uh, I, and, and the fact that you can sync them up with, you know, the fireworks and, and all that stuff, to me, makes it really neat. It'll make it neat when they run through the tee. Um, you know, Tennessee fans love nostalgia. And, and, and I think Danny White and company, they're very progressive in their line of thinking, wanting to do some different things. But they also want to pay uh, tribute to the past and, and, and Tennessee's history, too. So it's kind of like 
I, I think they're going to be very selective when they wear, you know, the alternative jerseys. I don't think they want to get too far out over their skis on, on, you know, you know, trying to be the Oregon of the East or anything, but at the same time, they're going to be progressive enough to where you'll probably see gray come back. Uh, and, and, and then I think you'll see the black helmet, you know, potentially at some point, I think Tennessee looked at a Chrome helmet and I think that it didn't look very good. So they weren't going to do anything that was, you know, that was gaudy. Uh, but I think that this, this administration and, and this football staff and then and all the sports will push the, push the progressive line while also, uh, you know, trying to, you know, mirror some things that they've done uh, over time at Tennessee. Austin, I give Danny White a lot of credit. He's a really good listener. Uh, and that's oftentimes an overlooked quality in a leader. But it's clear to me that he came in with open ears to talk to people that have been around the program for a long time and just asking people, what do you want? And then in turn, he gives the people what they want, which is important. Yeah, I mean, I, again, he's listening to the fans. I think a good portion of the stuff he did in the first year was just kind of listen, whether it be to fans, to coaches, um, you know, to people that have been around here for a long, long time. And, you know, how, how do we, how do we, you know, create a path to, uh, to kind of a new future while also, you know, showcasing where we've been and, and what we're about. And so, um, I think Tennessee fans, for the most part, have really, you know, got on board with some of the new changes to things. Um, you know, you're never going to embrace – some people are just never going to embrace a, t- a lot of change uh, very well. But I think on the whole, everything's been done tastefully um, and nothing has been uh, over the top or gaudy. So, I, you know, I, I think that when you do it the way they've done it, um, I think fans and, and everybody can just kind of, you know, gravitate towards it a little bit easier than if you do some big wholesale change and it's so different that, you know, it would be bothersome. Like, I think like, you know, you can go Chrome helmet, you can go a lot of things as long as there's a power T on the helmet. I think when you start messing with little things like that, like you try to do some alternative logo on a helmet, that's when fans are going to go, yeah, I don't know about that. Austin Price, our guest, Austin, uh, the team's back on campus. I know the summer program's in full swing. What does that entail, and what is the team up to schedule-wise right now? Well, right now they're uh, they've been helping out at camp. Uh, you know, they had their first uh, prospect camp on Wednesday night. Uh, today they had little kids camp. Uh, and speaking of camp, camp mate is there mauling people uh, at uh, the the tender age of six. He'll be seven uh, coming up in August. And uh, I've seen videos on on Cade's uh, Instagram. Uh, you know. I mean, go ahead and sign him up now. We'll start working on the commitment video. Um, you know, but you know they're 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 working with that. You know, you don't see many face of the franchises that are out there moving sleds and and helping little kids through camp or you know or whatever like Hendon Hooker was doing the other night. Um, they've started their off season summer program as kids you know officially got back in town late last week, and summer school will start this coming week. So. Um, you know, you, you have James Pierce in town now, Josh Josephs, all the, you know, um, all the different freshmen that weren't midterm enrollees are now on campus and ready to kind of get things going. So a big visit weekend, recruiting weekend for football for Memorial Day weekend, Austin. No commitments this past weekend, but did this past weekend lay the tracks for future commitments, maybe even in the next month or so? 100%, Chad. I, you know we knew going in there weren't going to be, you know, many, if any, uh, commitments. And, 
you know, but we knew that the, the last Saturday for Rocky Top of Palooza and really even Friday when they had a lot of kids in for multi-day visits, it was a great chance to kind of lay the, the groundwork for, you know, adding some of these players because a good portion of them came unofficially to Rocky Top of Palooza on Memorial Day Saturday. And now they'll come back officially coming up in the month of June. So you're going to have multiple visits in a two, three, or four week span, depending on when they when the kid officially visits in June. And uh, I, I thought, you know, it was a, a real positive weekend. They, you know, Tamarion Parker, named Tennessee's leader. Now he's a kid that's kind of liked a lot of visits. So we'll see once the visit shine wears off. It's still that's still the case. Um, Tennessee's in a great spot with Francis Mowing Oa. Um, they're in a really good spot for Sean Davion Bradley. That's two five stars. Um, obviously a guy that was not here in Tennessee continues to be in good shape with, but Ohio state is making a push and that's Carnell Tate. Um, that's another five star. And then Tennessee's in a good spot with guys like Christian Conyers, John Slaughter, um, Rico, uh, Rico Walker. And so, you know, uh, a really productive weekend last weekend on all fronts, whether it be on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball. Given Nico Iamaleava's impact on this class and how he continues to recruit others in this class, is there a developing Polynesian pipeline to this class with his relationships and some of the West Coast recruits that he's targeting right now, Austin? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, you got, you know, you have obviously Nico Iamaleava, then you have Francis Mauingoa. And then yesterday you had Utah linebacker who's you know got the Polynesian culture with him. Um, Tonsili Akana, uh, who was here as well. You're so, crushing these names, and, by the know, way. Great job. Great work well, on these names. I, I, as I told Francis uh, when, when I interviewed him at, at the hotel downtown after his visit, uh, I, I am part Samoan. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm having a, a, you know, a good time getting to know these kids. And I enjoy kind of the, the challenge of learning the names, um, you know, because, again, I think I, 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 after Henry, I butchered his name for so long um, without practicing it. I, I've really made an effort with these with, with Nico and everybody. I mean, I, I'll practice them a lot because if you don't, like then all of a sudden it becomes second nature to screw them up, you know, when you're when you're pronouncing them wrong. So. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of tongue twisters, but hey, you know, they're, they're really good players and Tennessee's got a legitimate shot at all of them. And like a proud son of the South, just like me, you have to pause just a half a second before you start to pronounce the last name to make sure you got it right in your head. I also respect that, Austin. Well, like, you know, Mowing Oa, it's Mowing Oa. Uh, I, I said Maui Goa for so long. I, I want to make sure I don't roll too fast because when I get to talking really fast, I can just, and, and I don't want to just say the name wrong. Yeah. So I do, I pause more just to give myself an extra bit of time instead of the quick transition uh, in, into into the kid's last name. As someone who has to pause every time before I say, Iyama Leava, I completely feel your pain. So I understand. Your great work on it. Um, are you, not you, are you headed, I know you're going to the game. Uh, is the block party happening like it did last year uh, with all the people hanging out and partying while the games go on? I want to, I, I thought I was told no. Now I just haven't I seen could it. Be wrong on that, I, 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 yeah, I don't think it is best of my recollection. Can y'all, can y'all tell where I'm at right now, by the way? You're at Sam's club. Yeah. I like That's that. That's right. Holly. 
My wife's pumping gas. She's been driving me like a chauffeur. Awesome. Can we interview her? <laughs> yeah. Just move that camera. I want to hear. Her, I want to hear her pr- uh, pronunciations of some of these names. Also, also, there, there's I don't, someone. I don't know where she went. Without a doubt, Austin, there is someone who recognizes you that's also pumping gas, and they're thinking, "There's Austin Price who's making his wife pump his gas." He doesn't know no. where she went. She this uh, might. She might just have left. Can't, this can't might wait be, to read about uh, that. Can't wait to read about trend. it on the general's quarters when someone crushes you for making your wife. She's pump gas. been plotting this for weeks. We're going to go to the game. We're going to get the Sam's for gas, and I'm going to just leave. Uh, the yep. ghost. That's right. Hey, Catherine. Come here. <laughs> Catherine Price yeah, about she, to join she's us. She's not interested. There she hey, is. Catherine. Hello, Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Good to see you. Thanks for the gas. Pop, yeah, she's popping the gas for Austin Price. She looks way younger than you, Austin. <laughs> it's because she is younger than me. <laughs> but only about two years. But only about two years. Well... She's she's doing something right. <laughs> Maybe you're not. I don't know. Because <laughs> you look way older than two years older than her. I uh, know. Hey, because I'm fat. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats, Austin. Great to have you on the show again. Uh, we will catch up next week and tell Brent we said hello. I will. But we're, we're hoping Brent Brent is in much uh, better spirits next week when we see him. He's He's had what he thinks is a high ankle sprain, but could have a broken bone in his leg. Oh, and he's oh. been on vacation at the lake all week. So he's not really got to ski or anything. Uh, I, I said on our podcast that he's playing the role of Captain Barbosa, but it's not Barbosa from the first Pirates of the Caribbean. It's the one from the last where he only has one leg. Um, so after Blackbeard takes it off, so that's kind of that's kind of where Hubs is at, right? Look out for Columbia down the road in that tournament, Austin. By the way, congrats on looking a lot younger than Brent Hubs. I will say you definitely look younger than him. So good job. Well, he, he's pushing fifty, and I'm pushing forty, so I should look a lot younger. Than him. <laughs> Follow Austin on Twitter. See, this is what happened. Austin Priceless. She's driving now. <laughs> Catherine, you know. Catherine, how um, how much damage did the the tank of gas? What did it cost you? <laughs> right at a hundred. Hundred dollars. Wow. Enjoy the game, I Catherine. The, I, I, I love the TikTok that has the, the people doing the gas, and it's the auctioneer. <laughs> that gets me every time. Good to see you, brother. Thanks, both hey, of you. You too, guys. Take See care. you next week. Bye, Later. Catherine. Austin Price. Two for one. PaulQuest.com. And Catherine Price. Chad, you know, it, Paul, too. Cameo. Like, without a doubt, someone saw Austin and said, he's making his... Oh, I'm, his I'm in the... Guys taking a and call. I'm he's in the message boards right now to see who spotted him. I'm at the Bearden Sam's right now, and <laughs> you would not believe what I saw. Our very own, the venerable Austin Price. Making his wife. Making his lovely wife get out of the car and pump gas for him while he sits there and talks on the phone. Yeah, flips through, scrolls through Twitter. <laughs> watching TikTok. <laughs> Must be some big recruiting news for that. He's watching TikTok videos of people pumping gas while his wife pumps his gas. Um, we. I was scrolling through and saw, uh, and Paul, I know you, you noticed this too, A.J. Brown, the, the media in Philly getting their first look at A.J. Brown on the field. We'll, I retweeted some, and I, of course, take grief like we, I'm doing something wrong. We'll react to that. and uh, <laughs> For tweeting it? Yeah. Oh, move on. Who cares? He's not a Titan anymore. You're that was really fun. coming at us, Paul. Really How going at the heart. <laughs> How dare you? Get back to talking about the rookie who's out of shape, please. Yes. Has has Traylon Burks lost that pesky 12 pounds yet? <laughs> I need more updates about that. We'll continue to discuss the, the SEC news from the week in Destin beyond just the scheduling conversation. That and more straight ahead on Outkick 360. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on. Ross Bjork at uh, Texas A&M stirred the... Texas pot a bit this week down in Destin by saying don't know what the schedule format's going to be but when Texas enters the league they'll be visiting Kyle Field first we will not be going to Austin first on the schedule he's just going in and declaring it so he said that you have to come through Texas A&M before we visit you the vitriol between the two in that state is terrific it makes sense because they're the existing SEC team. It's also, I love how it's spoken. So many things are unspoken between teams, but the powers that be at these schools just come right out and say it. I will not (laughs) demean myself. How dare you insinuate that we would visit Austin first? They will come to Kyle Field. They will come to College Station. They'll like it. And they (laughs) they say it out loud, which I love. Yeah. And uh, he said, look, it's just through conversations. We don't know the year. We don't know eight. Versus nine, we have no idea. But whenever the first one is, it will be a Kyle Field. <laughs> so great. At least we know that. Stake this claim. At least we know right? that. Stake this claim. I mean, Greg Sankey just comes by. He's like, "No, you're going to go to no, Austin. Actually, you'll be going to Austin. <laughs> We've actually looked at the model, and in that year, <laughs> you will be going to Austin. It was computer generated, and you'll be on the road. And even if it was computer generated, it's now <laughs> me generated yeah. after these comments, and you will go to Austin. Paul, uh, you. Saw some video and, and retweeted it of A.J. Brown getting a, his first uh, look by reporters in Philadelphia. He's, of course, been there working with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. But as far as video is concerned, we actually saw him on the field wearing number 11 in the Philadelphia practice uniform. It was black. striking video to me in that they wear black uniforms yeah. with orange numbers. I thought it was Bengals. It looked like Bengals video. So uh, uh, I was taken aback a little bit. I spotted it because it was trending. A.J. Brown was trending. So there's a a huge interest in him, uh, not just in Philadelphia, but beyond. Um, Star power and fantasy interest, obviously, um, drives that. So a lot of interest in A.J. Brown. Give me a break on me tweeting something like that and you making it about something other than me being somebody that covers the Titans in the NFL uh, retweeting that A.J. Brown's generating a lot of buzz in Philly and beyond today. There's no big motive there rubbing something in your face or something. I'm showing you something you probably don't see because you probably don't cover Philly reporters. If you can't stand it, here's what you do. You scroll to the next tweet. That's what I do when I see things that I don't like on Twitter. Or you potentially write columns about them. Yeah, I got a column coming <laughs> tomorrow morning about five tweets I saw this week that drove me crazy. I just think it's so strange when, like, I get mad at plenty of tweets that I see that I think are dumb. But do you take the time to respond? No, I don't. I rarely respond to anyone. But I also I'm not getting mad because they decided to tweet about that. I get mad at their tweet or their opinion the ma- about whatever's now. happening. Right? Yeah. It's weird to me that. People would follow someone and then just say, 
well, how dare you not tweet exactly about what I want you to tweet about, right. subject-wise. Well, if not I, opinion, like not even getting mad at your opinion. How dare you tweet about another team's player? If I didn't retweet it, would A.J. Brown have not been practicing in Philly today? <laughs> Is that kind of how it works for some people? Well, did you ruin their day like by they having to scroll down and see uh, that? And they, oh, he's not on the Titans anymore. You ruined my day. Thanks. It reminded me. Or, uh, you know, I don't Such stupid response. People um, are ba- uh, babies. A.J. Brown saying that um, sky's the limit for Devontae Smith uh, within the offense from what he's seen. That's a nice tandem. Yeah. There no excuses for Hurts. more from uh, – I mean, Smith's on a growth curve, right? Second year, you, uh, a lot on Hurts. Uh, that's the first thing I think of when you talk about those two guys is who's throwing them the ball. How accurate has he proven to be? I, I don't look at those two and say, wow, they can't miss because they're so good. I look at them and say – can, is the quarterback good enough to get them the ball on a regular basis? They did last year. I mean, he had nearly 1,000 yards receiving uh, as a rookie and uh, did so while I think he missed a couple of games, um, if I'm not mistaken. He had, a, uh, what, six or seven touchdowns, maybe five touchdowns uh, rookie season. But but they were a running team when they yeah, figured yeah. things out. Well, and so I best. think in a similar fashion, uh, Eagles fans are probably going to be saying what Titans fans were saying. You need to get A.J. Brown the ball more. And also, because of what they gave up and what they're paying A.J. Brown, Expectations. even if A.J. Brown is a, is a notch worse than he was as a Titan, slightly worse, Jalen Hurts is going to get the blame. Yeah. I mean, it's all on him now, right? It's right, With Smith and with A.J. Brown, to me, this is a no-excuses scenario now for Jalen Hurts that for whatever reason, those two guys could both be worse it's going to be Jalen Hurts' fault. Well, I think if a team, regardless from a team standpoint, they're going to view it as Jalen Hurts isn't good enough for these guys. Well, I, not the other way around. I think if attempts aren't good enough, Sirianni will take a ton of grief as well. Yeah, for not unleashing what the potential is there. Last year, when they ran it so much, was it because of the lack of weapons, or was it because of their mindset? And... No, they were just really good at running the football. Yeah. I mean, they, they towards the back end of the season, they were averaging like 250 yards rushing a game. Yeah, they were really good. I mean, it was uh, – saying then their defense was really good. Uh, they, they're an intriguing team. Uh, they've done nothing but add weapons on offense, and, and a, it's a prove-it year for, for Hurts. But, I mean, that, that's what you want, right? I mean, that's – in, you, a, you in want, a weak division. Yeah, exactly. So if they they could do some damage and stick with that same formula and win their division by not actually looking all that great, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Similar to what the Dolphins did a year ago. Without fancy numbers. Not saying the Dolphins are winning their division. I'm saying, you know, if you play who you play, and the Dolphins at one point rattle off, what, seven straight? Yeah. In the, in the season? With the benefit of a helpful schedule. For sure. Uh, for sure. Um, Brent Musburger is stepping down as the play-by-play voice of the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't Raiders. think he's stepping down. I think oh, really? he was uh, given the boot is, okay. is the way it read from what uh, I said. He wrote a nice tweet. But, um, yeah, the context of the stuff that I saw is he's no longer with the Raiders. Okay. Um, he is old. Florio is 80. 83. <laughs> yeah. He's 83. Florio uh, 
says many, he said, no reason given for uh, Musburger's departure. So you're right. But it is, he's 83, right? right? right. It's, it, that's odd to me that if you make it that far, it seems like you're past the point of ever being fired. You will just either retire when you're ready or die in that chair. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, that's odd to me that now all of a sudden, I listened to some, I was driving back from Nebraska and listened to Brent Musburger's call on the way back. Sounded fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, he sounded like Brent Musburger calling a game on radio. He really had a good second act considering like when CBS let him go, it was a huge story that's, you know, comparable to like Jim Nance right now being let go. He was of that stature and standing. And uh, he hardly disappeared. Um, he, he, he hung around in a, in a lot of different roles. And being a play-by-play guy, you know, he, he was big into gambling. He always gave those gambling hints. You are looking live at was here's a weather report for gamblers. Well, he works for a, a, the, right? the and, Vegas Sports Information Network. Yeah. So he's in the gambling community. And getting the, the play-by-play gig for the Raiders was – a big surprise to a lot of people. Everybody's I, I like, was. whoa, he's yeah. doing that? And he's done it now for what? Three, I think it's four been, years. yeah, like five years or so because he um, he came into the Titans radio booth um, the year that we were, I, I feel like it was the year we were out there on the road at the old stadium. La- our last trip. And that may have been, it was, was it preseason or was it regular season? That was regular, regular season. season. Okay. Um, that was like a November game, I want to say. Okay, yes, yes. And he, uh, he came into the booth and was doing some prep um, and was actually uh, our friend Phil Noel. He was, he was grilling Phil on uh, roster like pronunciations, and Phil was more or less the, the SID for Brent Musburger, <laughs> who was uh, doing a little cram session three hours before kickoff. What if he just took Phil into his booth? He's like, no, I'd like for you to work for me. <laughs> For this game. Come on. Come on, son. Sonny. Interesting uh, guy. It, very, and very cool. Like, uh, but the iconic voice, iconic. you know? I'll always remember Brent Musburger for getting, <laughs> for getting the uh, open beverage citation, I think, in Columbus, Ohio. After calling an Ohio State game on ABC at night, he had his driver driving around. And he had cracked a beer in the back seat with the window down, just like talking to people. And a cop came up and gave him an open, Is that right? open beverage citation one time. I want to say it was Columbus, Ohio. I, will, I know it was Brent Musburger because that's one of those stories that you hear that story. And every time I think of Brent Musburger, I think about him like taking his shoes off in the back of his driven car by his driver and popping a natty light right after the game was over and getting a citation for it. And you know he told the cop. Come on. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> I have bled for this sport. Um, You're going to do this to me? And who, we, if we're talking Musburger, we must mention Catherine Webb and A.J. McCarron. And Forever that, linked. That, yeah, that not classic a high line. moment. Not a high moment. Oh, it's good to be the quarterback in Alabama. When you're a quarterback in Alabama, you see that lovely lady there? It's so good. So awkward. You quarterbacks, you get all the good-looking women. What a beautiful woman. For all you young boys out there wanting to play a position, this is what playing quarterback will get you. Right there. Look at it. Let your eyes feast on this right here. Uh, No word on who's going to take over the Raiders' play-by-play gig. It's an all-time classic moment. Uh, NFL no longer requiring any COVID-19 testing or any type of check-in. 
that's official. I think it was known, yeah, I but it was, was... A, it was officially official as of yesterday through a, a memo through the league. Um, uh, that and the opinion that if Roger Goodell testifies at the oversight committee hearing, things are going to get interesting on how we could see the commanders respond from an ownership perspective. That's the other big headline across the league today. By the way, it was Lincoln, Nebraska, where Brett Musburger got cited for open beverage. Was it really? Not ah. Columbus, Ohio. I knew it was a red school. Should have known it was the Nebraska Cornhuskers. 2005, after a game, is where he got the open beverage citation. That's I just great. cannot get that, uh, that image out of my head of Brent Musburger somewhere in a gravel lot coming out of a tailgating area <laughs> in a car in traffic and couldn't wait till he got back to the hotel. He was thirsty. <laughs> Started popping beers. Love it. Neither the cold beer. Uh, uh, forever respect the man for that. Speaking of the commanders, the expectation is that when they build their new dome, it will be 55,000 capacity, which will be the smallest in the NFL. Now, um, their previous stadium, it seated like 60, right? Their current stadium? No, not the current one. The, the one they used to play. RFK. Didn't it, see, it was like 60-ish. So it's not like it's remember. out of the realm of possibility that they, you know, would go lower than that. But the 55,000-seat uh, stadium for a dome is unusual. Um, and it's, it's unusual because what we're, the, the trend is, if you're building the domes, and the, we can tie the Titans into this, we, I, I think of what Vegas has done, what Los Angeles did, um, Arizona, all these, uh, Minnesota, you're going up because they're trying to attract the mega events in, in sports. Does 55,000 get you the college football championship game? Does 55,000 uh, allow you multiple Super Bowls or one? Because if you build a new stadium, you're getting one. You see where I'm going yeah, here? Yeah. No, I, I, think, I, I think the Titans probably go 60. Yeah, ru- yeah. Down from 68. What, high 68, 68 and a half? Um, you know, maybe you get one last Super Bowl if you're Nashville. You know, you're, you get two times in the rotation instead of three. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the Super Bowl, too, in a big way, is about accommodating all the events. Yes. You know, they'll jack up the ticket prices and get their, their money. Nashville can certainly handle the events. Washington, I would think, could handle the events, but this is, is such a different deal because it's away from, from the city. But look, a lot of those Los Angeles events were away from the stadium. You know, Now, game day, you do stuff on property. People get bussed out there or, or whatever. But I don't think you can build a, a, a domed stadium now that is big enough to, to woo the Super Bowl that comes to you once every eight years at best, once every 10 years at best, at the cost of what it's going to do for your, your 10 regular right. season games. Right. Which it's not trending up. It's hard ticket to sell. Yeah, but, and, if, but and even for a concert, you don't I want agree. to be too big. I agree that the focus should be on your game day and your fan experience. But if you're building the dome, to me, you're building the dome in order to attract the events. Outside of football season, that's yeah. that's my so it, it was just unusual um, to see a low number for a new dome that's well, being built. Had and, a and, lot of trouble drawing fans, yes. and their fan base is way down. 
Yes. So maybe it's a little bit of overreaction to go that small, though I like the idea of it being cozy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their old place, uh, you know, where they are now is a dump. Um, it is. They cut corners, and, and it's in the middle of nowhere, and the charge of fortune to park and all of that. At the beginning, they were charging reporters, like, I think it was 55 or 75 bucks for internet. What? Yeah. You never told me this. I didn't, I didn't realize that. And, I mean, this was at the beginning when internet was still complicated. It was complicated to yeah. get online. So to, ha- oh, so to have stadium. an ethernet cord dropped in for you? Um, I mean, was, it wasn't dropped in for you. It was activated for you. It was there. <laughs> We're going to give you the password to the internet to cover this sport. Yeah, um, it was ridiculous. For $75, please. For a low fee of 75 bucks, <laughs> you can get all your access that you, you need. You can get Nesson or you can have internet. Yeah, it, it was expensive. Well, but so, I, I think 55 you know, if they do it right, could be I, spectacular. I, I, yes. I, think, I think there is a very thin line between practical trying to pack a house and looking at the realities of sports attendance today and looking minor league. Yeah. And that line's right around 55,000. Yeah, but what if they get Because if you go down again. below that, you are in Vanderbilt football stadium territory. What if they you get You are good. in lowest level SEC stadium territory fan attendance, and that's not a good look for the NFL. But the thing is, even if they get good, say they're Jack Kent Cook, you know, Hogs, Super Bowl winning good, well, it's not a bad thing to be a super hot, hard-to-get ticket with a wait list, but you could be selling more, uh, an ease, another 5,000 tickets very easily, oh, easy. another 7,500 I mean, If they're really good, you go up 20,000 more seats, possibly. But that's only if they're really good. Right. But who's so, their biggest rival? Dallas. What did Jerry do? 100,000? Are they having a hard time selling tickets? No. So, no. I mean, I get there's a difference between the fan bases, but that is an institutional NFL franchise Almost double you. that goes back a long time. And I'm saying Washington also. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. no, it's in bad. It's I in mean, look, I, I would absolutely go smaller and want to up the demand and make my games look like an actual event that's packed, but I wouldn't go too small. Well, I'll say this too no matter what size you're building these days, you can't miss. It's got to be terrific. But if you're going 55, and, and that's one of a kind, small in the league, it's got to be super terrific. It's got to be like nothing we've State ever the seen. Art. The coziest, coolest, like you go there and sit in the worst seat, and you say, that is the best, worst seat in ever. I felt like I was in the quarterback's lap. Right? And it, depending on how they do their suite. And if they do that right, it, they could trend it. Yeah. People have come out of there and say, I want my team to have one of those. I'm intrigued by the idea because I, I do think the upper deck in a football stadium yeah, nowadays is the time. toughest ticket to sell in sports because either you go good or you stay yeah, home. It, yeah, because you have a better view at home than you do battling the elements or, you know, just battling traffic for that view of Especially the game. Especially in a crazy suburb like this. Yeah, but if you're exactly, but if you're able to, to sell state of the art, venue that's you know you're on top of the action no matter where you sit that there's great value in that if you can pull it off well now what are the odds that a daniel snyder run operation (laughs) pulls it off well the faith index on that is way very low way low coming up we get you ready for the sports weekend that's next on outkick 360 you ready showtime 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Oh, kick 360 rolls on. Coming up. Tonight, you've got game two of the Eastern Conference Final in the NHL, Stanley Cup playoffs, between the Lightning and the Rangers. Uh, that's tonight on ESPN. Tomorrow, Western Conference Final game three, Avalanche and Oilers in Edmonton. We'll see if that, they start uh, scoring the goals like they did in game one. And then game two of the NBA Finals, Sunday evening, 8 o'clock. So ABC. maybe this is just me. I know there's a reason for that Sunday evening window being important for sports. Sunday evening is the last time that I want to watch sports after a weekend of watching sports typically. I mean, this is just where I am in life, but I would prefer Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, <laughs> or Sunday afternoon, anything other than Sunday night where I'm typically not in the mood to watch sports. I want to watch anything else on Sunday evenings. They must pull, Maybe that's just me. They must pull a much larger well, number. Again, I'm probably the outlier. I, I re- recognize yeah, that there's well, a reason they do it, but I personally don't get it. They love that Sunday window. So it's the, a potential game seven would be two weeks from Sunday. That's so stretched the out. The 19th. It's yeah. so stretched out. It's it, too it, stretched out. But they stretch it out to, to get well, the To the get Sunday. two Sunday nights. <laughs> so Three Sunday nights. That's when we would potentially see the, uh, the Game 7. Um, I, I think it's going to be a long series. Um, it was a championship performance last night, though, in the fourth quarter by the Boston Celtics. 40-16 um, to 16 outscoring Golden State. Well, last night I watched – this was my viewing. I watched the first quarter, then I watched Stranger Things. Then I tuned back in for the fourth quarter. So I'm watching on my phone, just updating the score – I see that the Warriors are up 12. I'm like, I'll tune in to see if there's anything interesting. By the time I got to the game, I think I was a minute 17 seconds in, and Boston had already opened on a 7-0 run. It was a five-point game by the time I got to it with you know 10:40 left in the game or whatever. And then I see the rest of it, which was very simply Boston not missing a shot. On fire. Everyone. It was, it was pretty good timing by you to see the meat and potatoes of it. You enjoying Stranger Things? I am. It's a, I'm not going to say it's a weird turn for a show that's always been, you know, suspense, thriller, horror, mystery, but this is very much a horror show now. Like this season has been, you know, it looked like uh, something from The Conjuring or, or uh, what was the, the Ring? The Ring. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of moments like that, this, but it's still not, it's, it's odd that they have those moments, but yet it's still not scary. Because of the way the show started. This makes me... Which was little kids, right? Not sad that I sputtered out of it in season two. But there's nothing, and I'm not a horror person, but there is nothing that's going to like keep you up at night. I could watch The Ring right now and probably keep me up a little bit at night. This, This still won't, even though there's a lot more gore in the show. Don't want gore. Paul, you're headed to the beach. Can't wait. Did you get any good responses on your um, whenever we asked for a podcast? Did none, you did you download cereal? Noticed. 
I heard the tone for cereal earlier when your phone was on. Yeah, when you were trying no, to turn it off? I just came across it. Yeah, I, I heard the one. start to it. I'm like, I've listened to all of those. Yeah. I knew that tone right away. Maybe the first one of those is a candidate. Oh, the, if you haven't listened to that, absolutely. Yeah. I, haven't, I have not listened to that either. You go back. It's really good. It's a story in Baltimore about the murder of a teenage girl. How long ago was that released? 2015, like, I yeah, think. Yeah, okay. a while. And I mean, The crushed. second season is about Bo Bergdahl. Mm. If you remember the mysterious yeah. uh, AWOL U.S. Marine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's good, too. Is it, does it follow the same story as Homeland in that regard? Well, it's very, I mean, it's all, it's, it's a documentary. It's real, but I'm, I'm saying, like, is oh, it yeah, very it, similar it, to Homeland? It interviews people that were, the Marines that were looking for him were very angry to be looking for him and putting themselves in danger, believing that he just walked off and was not taken by anyone. It's, well, it's interesting. Paul, uh, I would say enjoy the drive. I know you won't. Um, Dread the drive. I am, I'm surprised you're driving. It's we, just, we've this driven is the this, rare drive this for the This is the fifth time doing this every other year with this group, and we have a blast. So the drive is worth it, and if we hit the right podcast, it'll go by Do you care of or do you all just meet there at a certain no, time? No, we all just you know, check in. It's a race. Whatever check-in is 4 o'clock or whatever. So Some people are already on the way, the people with the littlest kids spend the night somewhere along the way you headed down tonight or tomorrow no tomorrow okay so i haven't packed a thing or considered a thing so <laughs> i'm well, stopping for some groceries on the way home i know that enjoy yeah Fun. thank you i'll miss send you send us a photo no. we're back at it on monday for outkick 360 enjoy the weekend don't block the box do lock your locks see you in a week